But for a lot of people, a little bit of discomfort means they're not going to go for it. And world-class people will go through just about anything to achieve what they want. And they'll actually look at that for what is their advantage in that. Meaning, you know, like, okay, other people may not try this or this may create this special situation that's going to allow me to blah, 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 blah. So they look at it for the opportunity in it and they look at it for the challenge and the motivation. So adversity is a really, really big thing. Another thing as well is, and this is something I learned in my life, is when you let others define your success, you tend to make really bad decisions guided by what's going to make others happy and not make you happy. Your inner voice has been drowned out by the noise around you, but you've always had a deep desire to make a difference. And now you're ready to step into your greatness and develop the identity you need to build towards your ultimate goal. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. Making the world a better place by unleashing human potential will help you create your own reality by increasing your self-awareness, cultivating an unstoppable mindset, and finally finding the passion, purpose, and true self so that you can live the life you are always destined to live. Now, welcome your host, a lifelong learner and growth mindset savant, a former architect turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Tibor Notch. What is up, my friend? Welcome back to the Mindset Horizon podcast. I'm super excited to dive into today's episode with Jeremy Slate, where we talk about Jeremy's entrepreneurial journey, mindset, and how you can keep on going after facing adversity and challenges and the benefits of podcasting. But before we do, I wanted to give you a quick update what I've been working on in the last months. So in the middle of October, I launched the Podcast Mastery Online course that is focused on helping individuals like you start their own podcast and share their truth and message with the world and ultimately have a positive impact in these uncertain times. So if you're ready to step into your greatness, speak your truth and change the world for the better, I highly encourage you to check out my podcast mastery course at mindsethorizon.com forward slash course. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash course. All right, so my guest today is Jeremy Slate, who is the founder of the Create Your Own Life podcast, which studies the highest performers in the world. He studied literature at Oxford University and is a former champion powerlifter turned new media entrepreneur. He specializes in using podcasting and new media to create trust and open leader status. In iTunes, he was ranked number one in the business category and ranked number 78 in the top 100. Jeremy was named one of the top 26 podcasts for entrepreneurs to listen to in 2017 and 2018 by CIO Magazine, top podcast to listen to by Inc. Magazine in 2019, and millennial influencer to follow in 2018 by BuzzFeed. The Creator Own Live podcast has been downloaded over 2.5 million times. He's also a contributing editor of New Theory Magazine and Grit Daily. After his success in podcasting, Jeremy and his wife, Brielle, founded Command Your Brand Media to help leaders use the power of podcasts to change the world. At the beginning of today's episode, Jeremy shared the things he's most excited about nowadays, and we dove deeper into his entrepreneurial journey. We also talked about his motivation behind starting his show, Create Your Own Life. In the middle of the episode, Jeremy shared some great mindset insights on how to keep pursuing your entrepreneurial dream despite facing adversities and challenges along the way. We talked about why it's important to define your own definition of success so that you can avoid what other people or society want from you. 
closer to the end, Jeremy talked about the evolution of his podcast, Create Your Own Life, and he shared how he started his company, Command Your Brand. He also shared some great insights on how coaches, thought leaders, and impact-driven entrepreneurs can benefit from either being guests on podcasts or starting their own show. In the end, Jeremy shared two mindset-shifting books that changed his life. If you want to find out more about today's guest and check out the free resources, book recommendations, and detailed show notes, simply head over to our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. That's again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. You can also use the search bar on our website where you can simply type in Jeremy Slate to find the episode's show notes page. I'm telling you, my friend, Jeremy has great energy and this interview was super inspirational for me. If you are ready to level up your motivation, this episode is for you. So buckle up, my friend, and enjoy today's episode with Jeremy Slate. Hi, Jeremy, and welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. Hey, brother. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm stoked to get a chance to sit down and chat with you today, man. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I really appreciate it. And we kind of like connected through Amplify Your Message. That was a virtual summit where we were both speakers and uh, you're the founder and the host of Create Your Own Life podcast, uh, which is a really successful podcast. You have interviewed some really amazing people. One of my favorites is Tom Bilyeu. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> the show that captivated me the most to start my own podcast. And you just interviewed that person, which is really incredible. And Robin Sharma had a huge impact on me. So that's pretty cool. And I kind of like want to dive deeper into your story of podcasting as well. But my first question would be, I guess, what are some of the things that you are excited about today? Um, I guess the thing I am most excited about right now is I've been putting it off for a really, really long time, but now I'm finally going to be, you know, writing a book about these almost 800 interviews I've done. Um, the working title right now is called, you know, we took the word extraordinary and we broke it into two. So it's called extraordinary. And we're really taking a look at the principles that, you know, extraordinary people and a lot of the ones I've interviewed and also some, some that I haven't and just studied, um, that they, they have applied to kind of get to the level of success they are. So that's the thing. One of the things I'm most excited about right now. Um, also 2020 for our business has been, one of the biggest years in team growth as we actually started the year with uh, five on our team and now we're at 15. So the growth in our company, Command Your Brand, has been super exciting. Wow. Yeah, I've seen that, that um, Command Your Brand, right? So I, I checked out the yeah. team and then it's over 10 people, 15 or 14 or something. Yeah, it's fi it's 15. Not everybody's on the site yet just because we're kind of slow with site updates. But, you know, we've been we've been growing really, really quick. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations on that. It's, it's pretty amazing. So I kind of like wanted to explore your story first and foremost you know your entrepreneurial journey and how you started because you studied literature at oxford university and i was wondering basically how you got to the point where you thought now it's a good time to start a business on my own you know if, if only it were that easy right because I, I i was an academic all my life my goal was to be a college professor um after wow. i after i studied literature at new college oxford i came really? back and, and and got my master's um in ancient history with a specialization, get this, like nobody's getting jobs in this, in early Roman Empire propaganda. Yes, because we're going to go start a new Roman Empire. Uh, like that's not going to happen. Um, so <laughs> there, there weren't really like jobs in that because I didn't get my PhD. And if you want to teach in college, you, you really need that doctorate. Like it's really, really important. So just a master's wasn't going to get me a job. So I spent like I spent a year working my butt off, um, painting houses during the day, working like eight, nine hours a day. And then at night I was 
also managing a gym. So I was working a lot of hours and sleeping very, very little. After the master, right? Yeah, this is after my master's because wow. here's, here's the weird, unique thing when you come out with a master's degree, but not a PhD, mm-hmm. is you're overqualified for every entry-level job. So nobody wants to give you a job because they're afraid once a good one comes, you'll leave. But you're underqualified for all the high-level jobs that you actually want. So you're kind of like pigeonholed in this area of like, nobody's going to hire you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had to do a lot of manual labor jobs, man, when I first came out of grad school. And, um, I actually ended up teaching, um, at a private school because a a friend of my family said, Hey, you know, like, I think you'd be really, really good at this and you don't need a teaching degree in order to do that. So I ended up teaching in private school and this was in like 2012 because I got out of grad school in 2011 and, um, I did that for about two years, but then, uh, in 2000, well, actually 2011, towards the end of 2011, I started substitute teaching and then started teaching after that. But in 2012, my mom ended up having a really bad stroke. And that was really like difficult on my family. You know, it was, it was really tough on like, I guess, you know, just everyone emotionally. Right. And it made me look at a lot of what I was doing. And, you know, I got into my first full year of teaching in 2012 and I just was not happy, man. I was miserable. I wasn't enjoying it. It wasn't what I expected it to be. And, you know, seeing what happened with my mom, it didn't really hit me until, you know, like 2013 is when it really hit me. So I, I jumped ship and, and, went into network marketing full time, um, which I would not recommend anyone do that. But that that was kind of the first thing I did. I saw that that video and I'm like, oh, dude, like I'm going to get two people to know two people. and We're going to be gazillionaires in a week. Yeah. Um, it didn't it did not happen like that. But it was something to at least give me a boot camp in business and get moving. And I just I went through a lot of different things, man. I sold life insurance. I was good at it, but I just didn't enjoy doing it. I sold products on Amazon and then eventually I, I watched a lot of YouTube videos and read a lot of blog posts and I taught myself how to write html5 and css and um (laughs) i ended up building websites at a friend's web design firm and i just really started a podcast as a hobby like it wasn't like a Mm. oh my gosh i'm gonna start this thing and it's gonna be huge i just i had been a listener since 2008 or 9 or somewhere around there i've been listening to this podcast called the no agenda show that just kind of makes fun of the news and it's still going by the way 11 years in um so i started listening to that show around 2009 and I always had thought that I could start one. And I just, you know, started one as a hobby around 2014, 13, somewhere around there. Wow, that's pretty amazing. I, I, I didn't know many of these things, but I appreciate you sharing that. And uh, I was wondering, because one of the things that I recognize is that you conduct pretty great interviews, like after 700 oh, thank interviews. thank you. Yeah, you know, so I started a podcast that's uh, pretty new. It's called Podcast Interview Mastery. And I want to help mainly podcasters become better at interviewing because I think that's a really good skill to, or a really important skill to, to master as an interviewer, as a podcaster. And, um, I just realized, but obviously after 700 interviews, I think you kind of like focused on that, how you can conduct better interviews. So, but before we dive into any, any kind of those topics, how do you feel about podcasting? So why did you start podcasting you said it was a hobby, but what was your motivation behind podcasting? I failed at everything else. <laughs> I was like, well, that didn't really go well. This didn't really go well. Um, I've always been a creative and I've always been somebody interesting, interested in learning. So I'm like, okay, well, this can be a new way that I can do that. So <laughs> yeah. I started my first show called Rock Your Life in the beginning of 2015. It was absolutely atrocious. It lasted about 60 days there was no microphones. It was just me talking to my MacBook in a horribly echoey room. There was an interview here or there, which were decent interviews. I, I 
want to give myself a little bit of credit, but the content pieces weren't very good. They were very life coachy and people that know me, like I'm not that way at all. I'm not very life coachy. So I ended up quitting that in about 60 days. And I think I only had like a hundred downloads. So I really didn't have anyone listening to it. And then that, that was around May of 2015. I went and lived in, in Peru uh, for a month and it really, it well, was cool because it takes you out of your I guess you're, you're, you're where you live, right? So you look at life a little bit differently. You don't think about your everyday stuff and you kind of think about, well, I could start that podcast again, but what did I do? What could I do differently? And the big thing was professionalism because I saw that I didn't really, it was kind of like a dilettante thing, right? I didn't take it seriously. I didn't really approach it as a professional. So, okay, I need to get some skill sets. I need to get some better gear. I need to get some better imagery because graphics are really, really important. And then in November of 2015, I started the Create Your Own Life show. And that really took off, man. We had 10,000 listens in our first 30 days. Wow. And we, I reached a lot of people that I didn't think I could reach. So, you know, it's gotten better and better and better from there. And I've, I've just always, like, I, I like that you mentioned becoming a good interviewer is important. And I've really focused on that and really focused on asking better questions, focused on listening more and, and really perceiving what's not there, right? Like, oh, somebody pauses there and then they continue. Well, there was something there that, they skipped and, and wanted to figure out how to continue the story. So I, I look for these things, neither my own interviews or in other interviews. And honestly, one of the biggest secrets is I listen, I listen to shows that I like that the guest has been on before. So like when I'm prepping for an interview, I'll, I'll research that guest in Spotify or Apple podcasts or wherever I listen. I use typically listen to an Apple podcasts mm-hmm. and I'll see like, were they on a show that I like or a show that I've at least heard of? And I'll listen to that interview and it, you get to know a lot about them. Like, how do they pace themselves? How do they answer questions? Do they need more descriptive questions to be able to, to answer the question properly? Wow. So you learn a lot about how to structure it. And you also learn when they're not telling you everything. So that way, when you prepare, you, you, you do you know, a lot better preparation for that. Jeremy, I think you're the perfect guest for the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious because... Um, it's a science, though. Like, preparing for an interview and learning how to interview really is a science. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, I was... First and foremost, if I want to talk a little bit about the Mindset Horizon podcast, I was obsessed by this notion of, you know, becoming better, you know, unleashing your potential as a human being and stepping into your greatness. So this this is what this podcast is about. And basically the podcast interview mastery show was was niche down to podcasters because what I realized that I think that's really important to hone your craft as a host. And then if you have an interview show, like become better at interviewing those people because it's connected to the content and the audio experience itself, right? So there's a lot of flexibility with editing, as you know, but after all, it's about the conversation, right? And uh, how do you create, how do you bring the best out of the guest and so on and so forth? So I think we should talk about that on the mindset, on the <laughs> podcast interview mastery show. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. But here, actually, I'm, I'm more interested in, in, in your mindset, so to speak, um, because I was wondering, you know, if we think about aspiring impact-driven entrepreneurs, coaches, thought leaders who want to create something on their own, for example, a business or it might be a podcast, they want to have an impact, they want to make a difference. I'm curious about your mindset throughout this journey because you tried out a lot of things. So what kept you going and what kept you motivated to try different things and then eventually you had a big success with your podcast, Create Your Own Life. So what kept you going? Well, honestly, it was a, it was a couple books that were really a big deal initially, like one being the 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. And 
it taught me that it was going to take a lot more work than I thought. Because I think when I made that first insurance appointment, somebody didn't buy. I was crushed. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people, especially when they start a business, when they start anything, mm-hmm. they get that one no or that one little piece of adversity and they question everything they do or they quit. And I think that that can be a really difficult situation to be in because they don't understand how much effort it's going to take to get what you want. It's a lot more than you think it is, man. Like it's a really big deal. The other being so good they can't ignore you by Cal Newport. And Cal talks about why following your passion is a really bad idea because then you're always waiting to find your passion. It's, you're not passionate yet and you're going to find it at some point in time. And and I feel like internet marketing has really sold us that idea a lot very often because people want to buy that idea because they like the idea of magic pills and magic businesses and not putting in a lot of effort to get something. But the, the point that Cal makes, which is something I really took to heart, is it's following something you're good at and continually getting better and better and better at that. And you you find your passion when you get really good at something and you know it becomes effortless. So for me, like knowing that early on, and then also like, you know, I really just had an inquisitive mind and, and, and a purpose to learn. And I found myself doing things that didn't really feed that at the same time. So I kept looking for what was going to feed that and what was going to, I guess, keep me excited, interested and in, in, in wanting to help as well. So it's an interesting balance, right? Like you have to figure out how can I make money with what can I what I'm doing? How can I serve? But at the same time, how can I help keep myself interested, engaged and on purpose? Yeah, absolutely. There's this concept you must have heard about this uh, Ikigai. Uh, so what what do you love? What are you good at? What does the world need and what you can be paid for? That's kind of like the Ikigai is the Japanese concept of finding your reason for being. And it's kind of like the purpose. And um, you talked about passion. And it's true because I started a podcast because I wanted to be on this constant personal development journey. Basically, I wanted to read those books, interview those authors and people and learn from them and share this message. And I was wondering, because I think you have a bigger purpose behind Create Your Own Life just because of the topic, right? So you want to help people become world-class. So that was kind of like the, that is your mission with the show. So how did it? It, did, it didn't really start there though. You know what I mean? Like initially it came out of a conversation I had with my dad where I'm just like, I want to create my own life. And he's like, well, good luck with that because I just quit my job. Like my dad's super blue collar and he's earned everything he's, he's gotten because he, he works hard. And when I left that teaching job, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I want to create my own life. So like initially it was just this like it was just kind of this, you know, I guess battle cry for me. And it's kind of gotten more, you know, niche and more niche and more clear. And as we've been along, because if you look at it, like there's a lot of people that have created their own life, but they're not exactly world class and they're not exactly extraordinary. And and that's not, not taking anything away from them, but it's saying like, the people I want to learn from are those people, the people that are extraordinary and the people that are doing it at a world-class level. And you don't really know that out of the gate, but you kind of learn that by doing and by experimenting and working at it. That's pretty interesting. So, you know, the term world-class is something that I use for the new podcast, Podcast Interview Mastery. And I'm a little bit obsessed with this idea of maybe too much um, because I <laughs> tend to focus a lot on this thing nowadays and uh, I wouldn't say there's a work-life balance for me right now. Hey, me either, man. And I, I don't think many of us actually really find it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I might be a little bit obsessed, maybe. <laughs> I mean, you know, just you mentioned, for example, strengths 
and uh, becoming work class. And I'm always thinking, like, how can I reach that point? And I'm just curious about what you what you've learned about these people who you've interviewed in terms of what it means or what it takes to become work class. What are some of the things that you've recognized? It's funny because that that's actually one of the biggest things behind the book I'm writing right now is is what that looks like. And as I said, the concept has kind of developed and we've kind of looked at them more of as extraordinary humans now, which I think is really cool. But I think the biggest thing, first of all, is just adversity, right? Like they're they're willing to get hit in the face 50 times and come out 51. And and I think that that's one of the biggest things that separates them just from normal people. What is up, Mindset Nation? I hope you guys are enjoying today's episode, and we're going to get back to this conversation very soon after thanking to our sponsors. Hey, my friend, I'm super excited to announce that my podcast mastery course is now available. You can check out the course at mindsethorizon.com forward slash course. As a mission and impact driven entrepreneur, thought leader, visionary, and change maker, have you ever thought of increasing your online visibility? building credibility and scaling your impact and business by starting your own podcast? If you've answered this question with hell yeah, and you're ready to start your authority building podcast and take your impact, influence and income to the next level, I would highly recommend checking out my podcast mastery online course at mindsethorizon.com forward slash course. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash course. In this course, I'm teaching you step-by-step how to start your own epic podcast from scratch. There are four in-depth modules available in this course and additional bonus materials. So in module one called Podcast Foundations Mastery, you will learn about the foundations that are indispensable to launch a successful podcast. In module two called Podcast Tech Mastery, you will learn about the technical side of podcasting. In module three called Podcast Creation Mastery, you will learn about everything that you need to create in order to be able to launch your podcast. In module four called Podcast Launch Mastery, you will learn how to launch your podcast the right way. And last but not least, in the bonus section, you will find additional checklists, email templates, workflow templates, and sample documents that will help you design and launch your podcast like a pro. You can check out the course details at mindsethorizon.com forward slash course. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash course. The world is waiting to hear your message, my friend. So let's stop hiding in plain sight and start sharing your truth. Check out the course at mindsethorizon.com forward slash course right now. So Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's get back to today's mindset transforming conversation. Because a lot of regular people like you give them, you know, you, you move the, the grocery store a mile away and they're not, they're going to find a different place to go because like, oh my God, I can't go that extra mile. And it's like such a simple thing in their daily minutia. But for a lot of people, a little bit of discomfort means they're not going to go for it. And world-class mm-hmm. people will go through just about anything to achieve what they want. And they'll actually look at that for what is their advantage in that. Meaning, you know, like, okay, other people may not try this or this may create this special situation that's going to allow me to blah, 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 blah. So they look at it for the opportunity in it and they look at it for the challenge and the motivation. So adversity is a really, really big thing. Another thing as well is, and this is something I learned in my life, is when you let others define your success, you tend to make really bad decisions guided by what's going to make others happy and not make you happy. So mm-hmm. they've kind of learned that you can't let others define your success. You have to decide what that is and, and create that for yourself. 
but I think uh, uh, it's it's something a lot of people really really struggle with. Defining success, you mean? Yeah, because they they oh, it's my parents want me to do it, or my friends want me to do it, or this is what society believes about it, or mm. or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Uh, it's kind of like connected to this self-awareness part right so that you get clear on what you want i mean what you want and not what your parents and and other people want and i and i've done that man like i i i went to school for what i for for what my parents wanted me to do and i and i did all these these different things um because Mm. other i thought other people wanted me to do them until i found out that wasn't making me very happy man and and i think that's something that you know once you take a look at that and really discover that it it it's a game changer and it kind of frees you a little bit, you know? Absolutely. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that. I also have a master's degree in architecture. <laughs> oh, cool, man. Are you, are you, are you using it? Or, Cause I'm not using mine. <laughs> I'm not using it right now. The only difference is that I kind of like chose architecture because I wanted to, my parents didn't tell me what to become. Sure. But what I was doing was basically I was following this path. Society has shown me that this is the path I need to take, right? Because I just didn't know any better. You know, I I, I went to school and I figured that I need to go to, you know, university and, and learn something. And then, so I didn't really think about entrepreneurship. I think the first time for me was in the university and I had different limiting beliefs around entrepreneurship. So for example, I... I thought I need a lot of money to become an entrepreneur. And I think that's that's one of the biggest things. Oh, that's a, that's a huge, like, that's a huge, like, untruth that I think a lot of people have, man. Like, they just, they don't realize this about what you can create. Yeah, absolutely. And when I, so I, I, I was born in Hungary and I moved out to Germany to work there as an architect just to earn more money. And You know, you know, it's funny for, for those people that don't know this interview, uh, the, the program we're doing the interview on shows the map and, and I'm looking at that and I'm like, is that Budapest? So are you in Budapest now? Yeah, absolutely. I'm in Budapest. I, Budapest, <laughs> Budapest is one of my favorite cities in the entire world. Um, I've stayed on the Buddha side, but not on the Pest side. So any, anyway, do continue. <laughs> No way. I, I, I saw that it. river and I'm like, oh, I know where this is. <laughs> what, are, what did you do here? Um, so I, I did like a, a so my, my wife is, uh, is half Hungarian. So oh, really? um, I did, a, I did a, like, we did a family tour of Europe last year after I spoke in Kiev. Um, and we actually stayed on a riverboat, which is the coolest thing to do on the river, which was just the coolest right in front of the parliament building. Um, and I just, I love Budapest because it's just one of those places you can just walk for hours and discover everything new. Oh, we did the baths, which were cool as anything. And, um, I don't know, my body's not exactly European. I look more like a bodybuilder. So I look like a very (laughs) much an outpoint, like in my, um, um, I forgot my bathing suit. So my wife had me buy like one of these stupid speedos. That's all I could find. But like, I love Budapest, man. It is an incredible city. The food is incredible. The people are incredible. Um, it's one of my favorite places on the planet. Wow. Thank you. I appreciate that. I actually just moved back before Corona hit. So I was living in, in Germany and Austria for a while. It's a good city. I would say it's a good city. Absolutely. I mean, it's big. Um, there's a lot to do and, uh, it's enjoyable. I mean, you can enjoy the city if you want. So it's good. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Glad to hear I, I took, that. I took you way off course here, though. You were talking about uh, being in 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 Hungary, and then you moved to Germany, and you were talking about your degree, and then I kind of just took you way off on the left field because I'm like, oh, I love Hungary. Anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah. So basically, I just moved out to Germany to earn more money there, and then at that time, I kind of like started thinking about bigger things because I moved away from my family, and I was like, okay, so I just moved moved abroad to earn more money, and and I was like. A little bit, 
I, I think that was against my values because I, I, I value family and family time and stuff like that. And, you know, I was thinking what I could do to create flexibility and freedom in my life, so to speak. And that's, that's when I started. First of all, I was looking for new challenges, but also I was thinking about how can I create flexibility and freedom. And I wanted to mention online business because we were talking about, you know, it requires a lot of money to start a business. And for example, in the online space, it doesn't necessarily. So that's why I kind of like started exploring this world. And uh, this is how I got to podcasting and also the medium. I mean, the medium was appealing to me because I felt I could convey important messages with this medium, which I wanted to talk to you about today because you're the co-founder of Command Your Brand Media. And I wanted to ask you about this. So why should, for example, aspiring coaches, entrepreneurs, thought leaders think about this medium either as a host, like start a podcast or be guests on podcasts? And how, how can they utilize this as a medium? So it kind of depends on, I guess, first of all, like deciding, like, do I want to be a host or do I want to be a guest? Like, it first of all, depends on like your level of commitment, because, you know, as, as much as I do, like running a show takes a lot of commitment and a lot of good systems in and, you know, a lot of good editing team or whatever to help you. So like it depends on your level of commitment. Now, if you're going to go on shows, it takes a lot less commitment. And if you find a right team to help you with that, like what we do, it can mm. it can take a lot less of your time. But the cool thing about going on shows is like, have you have, have you ever listened to like a radio spot interview, like where somebody's on the radio and like talking about like a product release or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like sure, even TV spots. They're like, if you get 10 minutes, that's incredible. They're usually yeah. like six, eight minutes at the most. And for a podcast, like you're sitting down for a long form interview, like you and I will chat here for, you know, 45 minutes, if, if you know, not longer. And you don't really get an opportunity like that any other place like you would on a podcast. And you really get to build a relationship, not just with the host, which I think a lot of people forget, like, you know, you know, I just added you on Facebook. So hopefully you and I'll be friends now. But like, that's something a lot of people, uh, you know, don't really think of. But also at the same time, like you're building a relationship with the people listening to you because they actually get to know you and who you are. And somebody can't do that in a quick six to eight minute interview or whatever it may be. And, and really spend time. So that ability to spend time with people is incredible, but also like the ability to get access to people you'd never have access to. You, you know what I mean? Like, like I just had an episode come out today that I was just, I was super excited about because it's the biggest guest I've ever had uh, is former CIA director, General David Petraeus was, was my episode <laughs> that came out today. And like other, other than if I had a podcast, like why would, you know, and why would General Petraeus give me the time of day? And it's because we can really educate an audience and also get him more exposure as well. So the networking opportunities are incredible. Like the people that you could possibly talk to, if you take this as a professional and you do a great job with it and you ask great interview questions, you know, can really help you. So I I think it's a really incredible opportunity, especially since, you know, the number of shows are growing. I think in April this year, we just went over a million shows. So there's just so many different places you can get featured, so many different places you can talk and so many different people you can talk to. I just, I think it's really like a golden age for this medium and it's a great place to be. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. So networking is one of the biggest benefits I experienced, to be honest. And if it wasn't for anything else, just for the connections, I am already grateful. I mean, that's that's huge. And I am grateful for this medium, to be honest. And I'm curious about your journey. So like five years, right? So you started in 2015. And so how did this podcast evolve? Just talk to us a little bit more about that and also how you started this brand media company, basically. How did you get to that point? 
so it's funny because like i said out of the gate you don't you don't always know what you're doing i'm just like oh i want to create my own life okay cool so i spoke to people that was it was a little bit more internet marketing themed i guess as i started because that's kind of like what i knew you know like hey these internet marketing people are creating their own life blah 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 so i started with some of those and i started gen you know gradually looking at people that i saw as leaders like grant cardone kevin harrington um, you know, people from Shark Tank, like a lot of people like that. And then I also looked at, you know, I started looking at professional athletes. I started looking at musicians and kind of the, 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 the spectrum gradually got bigger and bigger and bigger and people I was talking to and that grew over time. Mm. So your, your vision for it kind of grows as you do it. And also I find that the more interviews you do, and for me, it took like 200 to really feel like I was great at doing interviews. So it's, it's the repetition and the learning, like you don't get better interviews other than just by doing them. Like, yes, you can know some of the ways to prepare, which is super important as well, because if you're not prepared, you're not going to be a good spot. But also doing interviews, I can walk into an interview unprepared and kind of walk my way through it. Now, it's not going to be the best interview, but because I've done so many, I kind of know how to conduct that. So I think that's really important as well. And you get more, more solid about what you're talking about, how you're talking to people, things you're doing. So you kind of that kind of happens. And then once I started to get uh, a lot of media and press and stuff like that, people started saying, well, can you do this for me? So the first thing we actually started was we started a podcast production company called Slate Media Productions. Mm-hmm. And this was this was stupid too, because I didn't know what I didn't know what virtual assistants were yet or how to even hire anybody. So my team was me and my dog, um, and then my wife sometimes. And um I edited their website, I booked their guests, I put together their podcast feed, I edited their podcast episodes, I structured their interviews, I did literally everything and I didn't charge anywhere near enough money to make money off of that. And what happened is our clients started to say, well, this is all great. But one of the things you're doing before we launch my show is actually going on other shows as a guest. And actually I'm really busy. I find that to be more powerful for me. It's like, all right, cool. We'll, We'll dump all this other stuff. We don't have to do that. And we just started focusing on really getting our clients on the right shows. And that's when my wife came aboard as our co founder full time because she's been in PR for 12 years now or something like that. Mm-hmm. So she really knows how to run a great PR program, how to prep somebody, how to structure an agency. And we started putting a lot of those things in place and realizing how can we do a better job for our clients. So I, I think the biggest thing I've learned is the first version of what you're doing is never going to be the final version. And it may not even be close to what you're doing later on. But this thing kind of, you know, snakes around and, and kind of grows and, and goes through different, you know, transformations, if you will until you kind of get closer to where you think you need to be. Wow, it's really interesting. And what I really like about this is, first and foremost, I am passionate about this medium because, you know, I focus on people, for example, coaches, thought leaders, and impact entrepreneurs, and it feels good to help them spread their message. And I think it is something that resonates with you too. And you have this kind of like, maybe I could say mission with this company, Mm-hmm. Um, but this is what I've been realizing as well, you know, so the medium is becoming hot and, uh, instead of starting a podcast, more and more people wants, want to be on, on podcasts to have the benefits as guests. And, um, that's like a, a great support for the, for those people to spread their message. So this is what I really like about this concept that you help people spread their message. And if you can work with, you know, 
great people, thought leaders, authors who have important messages. That's kind of like really inspiring, I think, because I was thinking, you know, you have this podcast, which is mainly a personal development podcast. Can we say that? Yeah, I would I, I would think so, though. The thing I'm going to say is I don't get too into the woo because I'm a big believer of like a lot of it's hard work and good strategy. Um, so so I, I guess yes, to a point <laughs> we, we are in the the self-education section of iTunes, I guess you could you could say. Yeah, so it's, let's say, entrepreneurial and, and, and self-education. So no energy healing and stuff. Yeah, no, like. I, I, I just, I'm not a big believer in that at all in the slightest. <laughs> I, I'm um, not going to go st- stare at myself in the mirror and tell myself I could be successful. I'm just going to go work hard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so you've mentioned strategy and what was the other thing? Hard work. Hard work, but the thing, that, and that's something I learned from my father, but I'll say, I'll, I'm, I'm going to say the thing I've learned through hard work is how to work smarter, right? Like you can work hard as long as you're working smart because you, you know, you, you, I, I, I was a wrestler in school, right? And, and, you know, wrestlers are somebody that like will, will run into that wall 28 times thinking it's going to break the 29th one. And once you learn in business, things don't really operate that way you learn how to work hard, but you also learn how to make sure that what you're doing is most effective. So your hard work actually counts. Wow. I love that. And, um, I was wondering about some of your maybe routines that you have so that you, you know, keep up the momentum and, and, uh, keep on going in the future. What are some of the things that you do daily? So for me, um, fitness and, and, and diet and everything's super, super important. So I've, I've had a, a very similar diet, which I look really just at macros. Um, which are, you know, your large nutritional units, probably for the last eight, nine years, if not that. I had a, a little variation where I did the Tim Ferriss slow carb diet for like a year and it like zapped all my strength. So I, I didn't really do that. But for me, for, you know, first thing I do is I get up and eat and then I, I head off to the gym. And I, I do a workout called the Max OT, which you do 80% of your max for four to six reps and you do 12 total sets. And that's allowed me to get really strong but mm. stay lean based on that. So I've, I've been able to stay strong, but lean. And then when I come back, I actually do a 10 minute cold shower because one of the big things that does is it actually reduces inflammation in your joints and in your muscles and helps you heal. It also um, reduces the body fat you're covering because you have two different types of fat in your body. You have white fat and brown fat and cold showers actually activate the brown fat, which is then thermogenic, which means it's fat that burns other fat. Um, I love science if you can't tell. Ooh, and, wow. uh, and, uh, <laughs> When you can activate that through cold showers, it actually helps your body to burn more body fat. And at the same time, it also helps you to, um, it helps your immune system as well. But people don't really realize that. So, so that's another big thing is I come back and do that cold shower. And then I get, I go through my emails and I, I get out any podcast promo or anything I have to do or any communication with my team. Mm-hmm. And I don't take any phone calls until 10 a.m. So like you and I chatted at 10 a.m. this morning and you're, you're the first call I take today. Because mm-hmm. I find that if I start taking calls too early, I get derailed on all those things I have to get done every single day and they don't get done. And they're kind of like some of the most important things to get done. And then, you know, honestly, it's just going through my day after that. There's, there, there's nothing else really special I do other than, you know, meetings with my team or whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty powerful. And, um, I, I think, uh, the listeners too, and I, I've also heard many things about morning routines and I'm sure that you've talked about that with Robin Sharma, the 5am oh, yeah, club. club. I, I am not a member of the 5am club. 5am is too early for me. Um, I'm usually up like six thirty, seven o'clock and that's a good morning for me. <laughs> I did that for a while. Uh, at that time I wasn't an entrepreneur, uh, but I did that for a while. I think, uh, Robin Sharma was one of the 
one of the authors who had the biggest impact on me in the beginning, it was about four years ago when I saw or read his first book or one of his books. Um, but I wanted to say with morning routine is that this is something I, I also believe in that in the morning, I kind of like have this, you know, no smartphone, no notifications, no emails. And then I have a kind of like flow session where I focus on the things that I want to move forward, some of the projects that are important. And then I start the day with other stuff, right? So calls, emails, whatever. Um, I appreciate you sharing that. And, uh, you know, I was just wondering if you were to give a piece of advice to, again, thought leaders or impact entrepreneurs who might, who might be thinking about starting a podcast, what are some of the advices you would give to them? So, so here's the thing I would say is I would go on some shows as a guest before you start as a host because you're going to get to know you're going to get to know and appreciate the medium better. I would also say if you haven't differentiated your message, like if you're just going to like, you know, basically copy entrepreneurs on fire and, and do that yourself, then like don't start a podcast. John's <laughs> done an incredible John's done an incredible job with starting that show, but there's like a hundred thousand people out there trying to rip him off, and those shows yeah. become really hard to listen to. Did it work once, or what do you think about that? Well, no, I, I think he had a really great share of market. He's really taught people a lot of systems and a lot of ways to leverage their show and getting it out there. But I think what happens is people are like copying him. So they, they take on his voice cadence. They take on his question structure. They all have a lightning round. Like it's like it gets to be a little bit ridiculous. So you need to be true to you and you need to be who you are because otherwise people can't build a relationship with you, right? Like there's nothing different about you and that stands out about you. Love and that. I think if you can differentiate and get clear on your own message and your own way of doing things, then it's a good time to start a podcast. If you're not clear on that right away, like just going on shows is a great way to do it and a great way to get you the exposure and, and, and build the right connections. But as I said, you know, John's done an incredible job, but there's too many people trying to rip him off and not be them. And I think it's really important to be you because people can build a relationship with you. They can't build a relationship with someone they don't know. That's awesome. I, I love the authenticity, be yourself part. I think that's that's important. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, as we are coming to the end of the episode, I usually ask my guests about book recommendations. I think you've mentioned two books already. I'm going to go right back to those, man. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah. So good. They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport and uh, The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone are like two life-changing books that everyone should read. Awesome. Thank you so much. And before I ask my last question, please just tell the listeners what's the best way to connect with you. Yeah. So if they are interested in checking out the podcast, that's over at jeremyryanslate.com. Or if they are interested in anything over on the business side, I put together a really awesome uh, piece for them where they can figure out like, hey, you know, why am I not getting on the right podcast I want? And that's called the seven reasons you're not getting featured on your favorite podcast. Mm -hmm. That's over at commandyourbrand.com slash seven reasons. And uh, the number seven of the word seven will work for that. Wow, that's pretty awesome. I have to check that out too. And the links are going to be in the show notes and available on our website as always, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. And Jeremy, my last question is, what is your mission and future vision? For me, my mission is supporting people with really big goals and really big visions because the more people they help, the more people I help. And I think when people realize that, you know, there's only so much you can do as yourself. And when you realize you have to connect with other people and help and support other people to make that happen, you know, that's what lights me up every single day. So that's, that's really, you know, what I'm looking for in the future, what I'm looking for in the present and what lights me up every single day. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. And more importantly, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me today. 
We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Mindset Horizon podcast. For more information and resources based on today's discussion, be sure to head to our website, MindsetHorizon.com, where you'll also have the ability to join the Mindset Nation community for more insight and empowerment to help you reach your full potential. That's all available exclusively on MindsetHorizon.com.